0: Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we remember your words. Apart from you, we can do nothing. I cannot truly preach. We cannot effectively listen, etc. And so, Lord Jesus, we ask for you and the Father and the Holy Spirit to uh, continue to be with us this morning, especially now during this time. We put this time in your hands, Heavenly Father, and we pray that uh, you would use this time to uh, greatly bring praise to you and to the Lord Jesus and to the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. As Christians, we are in an ongoing spiritual battle. Uh, Ephesians 6, verse 12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Someone once wrote, there are some who think the Christian life is a playground, but it isn't. It is a battleground. Someone else has written, the peace which we have with God through the cross of Christ is experienced now only in the midst of a relentless struggle against the devil and the forces of evil. For stability in our warfare or to stand in our spiritual battle. The Apostle Paul tells us in our scripture reading of today that we need to put on the full armor of God. For our message this morning, let's cover these three points from Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, about the full armor of God. Number one, the full armor of God comprises six pieces. Number two, in our battle, we need to put on the full, the entire armor of God. And then number three, prayer gives us the strength to wear and use the full armor of God. Point one. The full armor of God is comprised of six pieces. We see that in this way. The Apostle Paul was quite familiar with Roman soldiers. He met many in his travels. In fact, as he dictated the letter to the Ephesians, he was chained to one by the wrist. He refers to his chain in verse 20 of Ephesians 6. Although it would be unlikely that Paul's guard would wear the full armor of an infantry man on the battlefield, yet the sight of him close by may very well have kindled Paul's imagination. In Ephesians 6, 14 through 17, Paul relates the six main pieces of a Roman soldier's equipment and then uses them as pictures of those things which will equip us in our spiritual fight against the devil and the forces of evil. The six main pieces of a Roman soldier's armor are the belt, the breastplate, the boots, the shield, the helmet, and the sword. And they picture for us truth, righteousness, the gospel of peace, faith, salvation, and the word of God. The armor of God, it's comprised of six pieces. Now, for the body of point one, let's look at the first four pieces of our equipment that Paul mentions in verses 14 through 17. The first piece is the belt of truth, verse 14. Stand firm, then, uh, in, in your battle, in your warfare with, again, the forces of evil, and we will be involved. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth, buckled around your waist. Satan is a liar. Our Lord Jesus said about him in John 8, verse 44, that he does not hold to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies if we are going to stand against the devil, and once again his forces of evil, we will need to know. We will need to have the truth of God. Someone has warned us. Once a lie gets into the life of a believer, things begin to fall apart. You remember how Satan went to Eve in the Garden of Eden, and how Satan deceived Eve, how Satan lied to Eve, and Eve believed the lie. And you remember how great was the fall of Eve. Once a lie gets into the life of a believer, Things begin to fall apart. We need to know and have the truth of God for our battles. But the belt of truth could further stand for this. The integrity of the Christian. The honesty of the believer. For certainly... It is required for victory that one be truthful, that one have truth in the inward being, in the heart, as well as in the head. The soldier's belt, I have read, was made of leather and was worn around his waist and it gathered his tunic together and also held together some of the other parts of his armor. It ensured that he would be unhindered when marching and fighting. And as he buckled it on, it it gave him a a sense of strength and a sense of confidence. Knowing truth, having truth, and being truthful does those things for the Christian as well. They ensure that the Christian will be unhindered in spiritual battle. And they will give the Christian confidence and strength too. Absolutely, absolutely necessary the belt. The second item of the Christian's armor is the breastplate of righteousness, verse 14. Stand firm then with the breastplate of righteousness in place. This piece of equipment was the soldier's main piece of armor protecting all of his most vital organs. It was made of metal plates or chains and covered the body from the neck at least to the waist, both front and back. It symbolizes the believer's righteousness in Christ and his right living through Christ. Again, it pictures the believer's righteous standing before God and his right character and conduct. Just focusing on that last phrase, right character and conduct. I can't stress enough how important it is to have right character and conduct. The name Satan means adversary, and the name devil means slanderer. Satan, our adversary, loves to accuse believers in their consciences when they do wrong, when they go astray. Accused in order to defeat them. So Paul next writes, "Stand firm then, with the breastplate of righteousness in place." There are believers who are beaten down, who are feeling miserable, who are out of commission who are defeated because Satan has them wallowing in their wrongdoing. Well, what is the answer to this? To repent, to take that wrongdoing, to take that sin to the Lord Jesus. Remember that as believers, we are forgiven in Christ, and we stand before God in Christ's righteousness, and then, in God's strength, seek to have that right character and that right conduct. Quote, the everyday life that we live will either make us strong against the devil's attacks, or it will make it easier for him to defeat us. Stand firm with the breastplate of righteousness in place. The gospel boots come next in Paul's list of God's armor. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and now the gospel boots, verse 15. Stand firm then with your feet, fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The Roman soldier wore what we might call a half boot or a type of sandal. It was made of leather. It left his toes free, it had heavy studded soles, and it was tied to his ankles and shins with straps. These boots made it possible for him to stand solid in the midst of combat and to cover long distances in short periods of time. These boots, now gospel boots, say two things to us about our spiritual battles. A, a person who has within his own heart the peace with God, which the gospel proclaims, will have a firmness, a surety, an unshakableness about himself like the firmness which sturdy boots give to those who wear them. Again, a person who has the conviction of being reconciled to God through Jesus Christ will have a sure foothold from which to fight the enemy. She is right with God. She is a child of God. She is saved. She can ask God for help. Firm footing in reference to our battles. And then B, the gospel boots also say to us that we should be prepared each day to share the gospel of peace with a lost world. A key to being, if you will, a victorious Christian is to be a witnessing Christian. A late Christian leader has written these words. I meet many sincere Christians who are students of the Bible and are faithful in prayer but are not joyful and excited about their relationship with the Lord. However, I have never met a Christian who is sharing Christ regularly as a way of life, who is not radiant and joyful. A readiness to share the gospel will have an amazing influence on our lives as well as present us the potential to introduce others to the Lord Jesus. Do you have within your heart the gospel of peace? And do you share as a way of life that gospel with others? Our fourth piece of equipment is the shield of faith, verse 16. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The faith mentioned here, I think, is not saving faith, but it is what we may call living faith. It is trust in the love and promises and power and presence of the Lord God that takes a Christian through life. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. The just will live by faith. That means not only does one come into a, a right relationship with God through faith, But the one in that relationship goes through life by faith as well. This living faith is described by Paul as a shield by which one is protected from Satan's flaming arrows. In Paul's day, the soldiers would take arrows uh, dip them in some flammable substance, ignite them, and then shoot them at the enemy. As a youngster, I watched on TV how Indians would destroy wagons and how men would destroy homesteads by taking arrows or clubs lighting them and then shooting or throwing them at their target. A flaming arrow could do a great deal of damage. Satan's arrows are meant to do a great deal of damage. And Satan loves to shoot his flaming arrows at a believer's mind and heart. He, he loves to shoot lies at us. He loves to shoot blasphemous thoughts. He loves to shoot hateful ideas of others at us. Envy. He loves to shoot doubts and burning desires to sin. He loves to shoot persecution, suffering, and even thoughts of self-hurt at the believer. A number of years ago, I became friends with an evangelist, a reformed evangelist, and he told me that on one occasion as he was ministering, between his preaching times, he went back to his hotel room, and he walked out onto uh, the balcony. And on the balcony, something came over him that said, Jump, jump, jump. Satan loves to shoot his arrows at believers. Faith, once more, is the shield by which we extinguish all the flaming arrows of Satan, laying hold of the love and promises of God, laying hold of the strength of God in our conflicts. Do you go through life depending upon the love and promises and power of God Trust in the Lord with all your heart, in all your ways acknowledge him. Is that you? Do you live by faith in the Son of God who loves you and has given himself for you? Or do you live depending upon yourself? There are still two other pieces of equipment which Paul mentions in our text. Verse 17a, the helmet of salvation. Verse 17b, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I am going to ask you to think about them and study them and apply them to your lives. They are also vitally important for our spiritual warfare, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. But at this time, I'm going to move us on to our second point of the sermon. And our second point this morning is, in our spiritual battle, we need to put on the full armor of God. Ephesians 6.11, put on the full, or as the English Standard Version has it, put on the whole armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Ephesians 6.13, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Putting on the full armor of God has an obvious meaning to it. It is. If we would defeat Satan, then we need to put on the entire armor of God, which God has provided for us. We need to put on every piece of it. Satan will look for that unguarded area where he can get a beachhead. He will look for an opening. So as Paul put it in Ephesians 4.27, do not give the devil a foothold. In competitive sports, you look for a weakness in your opponent and you capitalize on it. Whether it's football, basketball, volleyball, tennis, wrestling, you you look to see if there's a soft spot and if there is, you take advantage of it. One baseball game I was in when I played baseball in Philadelphia, my team had a soft spot. One of our infield players was making one error after another. And you could hear the other team in the dugout, in their dugout. You could hear them yell, hit it to that player, hit it to that player, Satan will look, he will look and go after the soft spot in our lives. And in order to defeat him, we must put on the complete armor of God. This morning, are you fully equipped do you have on all the pieces of God's armor? May I suggest that you write down these six pieces and every day you, you look, you just give yourself a moment to look at these six pieces and every day you pray to God about wearing each piece of his armor. Before we leave this point, let me make sure you see this too. Uh, uh, The phrase, put on the full armor of God, also directs our attention to the divineness of our equipment. The truth that Paul is also expressing here is the armor, that we are to wear must be the armor of God. It must be forged and furnished by God. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. A good while ago, I read about a school board meeting that took place. A number of parents were concerned about something, and so they turned out in force at that meeting. And one of the parents thought, the way we can win this, the way we can have our way, is for someone to be up at the microphone and be loud and get louder and get louder and and actually yell, shout to the school board. It is God's weapons with which we must go to war. Truth, righteousness, faith, the word of God the good news of Jesus Christ. We dare not trust in ourselves. Thinking about Eve once again, Eve in Eden relied on herself, and she fell. Peter, at the high priest's courtyard, was full of himself, and he fell. The godly man Joshua left God out of his dealings with the Gibeonites and he fell. Did we in our own strength confide? Our striving would be losing. And so we find in Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Our third point now for this morning is this. Prayer gives us the strength to wear and wield the full armor of God. Verse 18. And pray in the spirit. On all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. In the Old Testament book of Exodus, chapter 17, we find the story of the Amalekites attacking the Israelites at Rephidim. In that story, we read that it was two things that brought victory to the Israelites over the Amalekites. When Amalek attacked Israel, One, Moses went to the mountaintop to pray. And two, Joshua used the sword down in the valley. It was Moses' intercession on the mountain and Joshua's wielding of the sword in the valley that defeated the enemy. It's interesting to notice in the story that whenever Moses stopped praying, the Israelites started losing. But as long as he prayed, they kept on winning. In our battle with Satan, prayer is also necessary. Prayer gives us the strength to correctly put on and wield the full armor of God. A while ago I became aware of a young man who was uh, in an accident, uh, and he broke his neck, and he was going to be operated on in a day or two. I was in conversation with his father, and during the conversation I said to his father, I will pray about the operation. And his father said to me, I want the doctor's work. I want the doctor's entire work to be covered in prayer. Prayer gives us the strength to put on and wield the entire armor of God. The late Dr. D. Martin Lloyd Jones uh, preached uh, some sermons uh, on Ephesians 6, specifically on Not Against Flesh and Blood, the battle against spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, in his sermons, he uh, said this the ultimate explanation of the whole course of human history is that, in the last analysis, it is nothing but the arena in which a mighty spiritual conflict is taking place. A conflict between God and the devil. A conflict between God and the forces of heaven and the devil and the forces of evil and hell. The whole course, the whole course of human history, the church and the Christian must always be aware of this conflict. Our church and each one of us here who name the name of Christ must always be aware that there is this conflict taking place and we are involved in it. And for our part in this conflict, God has given us armor. And today we have seen there are six pieces to that armor. And we must put on the full armor of God. And prayer gives us the strength to put on and use this full armor of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, far, far from many of our minds this is, is this idea that there's a real conflict taking place every moment of every day and that we are actually part of that conflict. Please, please, Use this message this morning to enlighten us, to teach us about this spiritual battle that is taking place and will continue to take place until the Lord Jesus returns. Heavenly Father, please help us to be aware that we're not being left out of this conflict, that we are being attacked and we are to be people who stand and win the battles that come against us. Heavenly Father, help us to somehow take with us these six pieces and help us to remember and uh, and, and pray and put on every day the complete armor that you have given us. Help us to bring prayer into play, prayer which gives us what we need to put on and use this full armor that you have given us. Again, Heavenly Father, we we pray, please, use this message, not just in the next hour or two, but use this message in our lives as we continue to live here for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.